Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Friday, Alyssa. Hello, happy Friday. How are you doing? Do you have a Christmas tree yet? What's happening? Yes, I got my Christmas tree. I got it. So, like I was kept bullying Tony into doing it, and then finally we went. And I, uh, I mentioned last week that I wanted to get faux leather leggings. Have you sent me a link? <laughs> I got the faux leather leggings. I was so excited to wear them because, like, we're just staying in so much. I never get dressed up, so I like dressed up in my faux leather leggings and this cute sweater to go Christmas tree shopping and I almost had heat stroke in the parking lot of Avon's looking at Christmas trees it was so so hot the sun it was like it felt like 200 degrees I just wanted to be festive and cute but I was so so inappropriately dressed I ended up just being like this tree's good let's go we have to leave and like peeled them off of me when we went home but I do have a cute tree uh I'm very happy about it can you believe that it's December I know I don't want it's talk December about it. <laughs> you know what we can't talk about as shitty as the year has been it's crazy that we have been doing the podcast for over a year I know right that is crazy we like Isn't consistently did it wow yeah in the beginning we did and, it. Like, you guys it took us like three months to figure out how to like put this all together and shit so good for yeah. us and thank exactly. you for hanging in with us everyone who's listening to this yeah I think pretty proud of us I think that that's really cool um, how are you? How is your, how is your December? What's going I'm on? What's happening? good. And guys, here's the thing. I've been joking around about like, what is the way that you would most likely or most like what's worth getting COVID for. Right. So I, mm-hmm. I think I talked about on the pod, like there was a, one of the Lakers were on Abbott Kinney after they won a championship. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I'd probably get COVID from like a picture with the Laker, you know, but everything else. Cause I've been so, so, so strict with myself. And there was this opportunity previously that I invited you to as well where my family works in hospitality up in Tahoe and I got news that the Beverly Hills housewives were going to be staying in this property that they work at and they needed somebody to be on camera and show them like the property when they first arrived And so I was like, oh, my God, Taylor, it's an opportunity of a lifetime. We're going to be in a Beverly Hills Housewives episode. Like, how can we do this safely? Can we go to an Airbnb? All this stuff. In my, like, gut, I knew that it was extremely dangerous. And I was like, I have not done anything close to this risky. But, like, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. We didn't end up going because we're responsible adults. And now (laughs) all of the Beverly Hills Housewives have COVID. Like, (laughs) testing them it's fine it'll probably be fine <laughs> um so nope, nope, i nope. almost i almost like eliminated you from dave frankly and good thing I you were responsible <laughs> it was so awful it was so awful to get that call because you described the whole thing and i was like fuck i really we want to do we obviously want to do this but it was also like we would have had to leave the next day and like road trip up and yeah. like figure out how to be safe about it it was just like we can't pull it off we can't pull it off but it was such a terrible feeling i was like i wish you didn't even tell me but now it's so perfect because we're like great we dodged a bullet i yeah. guess <laughs> i'm like look at me being so cautious i never would have risked it <laughs> 
then we, we also out. i wonder if we would have been like did we give them covid or did they get get us no COVID? i am <laughs> firmly in the camp of i will i've not given any i will not ever give anyone covid because i have not seen it i've not been in a in a store like an actual store through the whole pandemic like i've not been you in one been, grocery like, store a roof right <laughs> other than your roof yeah that's right? it like just my <laughs> just my apartment I, I mean we've gotten everything <laughs> delivered like to the point where like my own mom is like i mean you can go to a restaurant outside if no one's there Alyssa. you know <laughs> like um so yeah no i firmly believe i will not give anyone covid but you know knock on wood unless i go like hang out with the lakers or the housewives like that seems reasonable to me really cool to be we got COVID from Dorit. But also, now, like, the level up of this story that just, like, keeps evolving is that now the Kardashians are staying there, correct? In the same house, yeah, which is wild. Um, it's crazy. And, and if you so go, they, if you're listening to this today, if you go on their Insta, you could see everything, that, like, at this, like, beautiful Tahoe place that they're at. Like, Kylie is storying it left and right. So is Kendall. Yeah, and it's crazy because my aunt who works there will send me videos of like, like she told us that there there's a mother bear who likes to hang out on the property. And I posted a video of like the mom and the cubs like playing outside. And my aunt said that the bear has learned how to open the door and Stop. sometimes will come in and go through the Stop. fridge. And they no, have to be like, get no. out of here. <laughs> <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, what the fuck? Isn't that crazy? I, I'm like, you need a bear lock or something. Bear proof the door. <laughs> oh my god, what if this bear has like a full on interaction with a Kardashian? I would love it. That would be amazing. They'd be like, oh, so cute. And they'd be like, you know, yeah. have you seen what's that grizzly man, that documentary where that guy like was too friendly with the bears and then they ate him? Oh my god. <laughs> that's um that's Courtney. I feel like Courtney would be the most likely to be good. You guys oh nature. My god. So cute. Um, but you had a really cool like so interaction cute. with the Kardashians oh, though. Yes. Oh, also the next level of this whole story is while they've been staying in Tahoe all together doing this like family holiday thing at the place where Alyssa's family works, they were di did this funny prank uh, that I'm sure everyone's seen by now because it's fucking everywhere where all of the Kardashian and Jenner women got together and like FaceTimed all their celebrity friends with this like big scary you know like mafia like pose so everybody would answer and then be like oh my god why are you all here what's going on and they called Taco who is in Dave he plays L's and Taco answered the phone and was like oh fuck am I in trouble which is funny and I commented, and I never do this, but I have to, I had to, commented on Chloe's post of this video and just said, ha, 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 taco. And Chloe Kardashian, you guys, commented back with a bunch of taco emojis. And I've had an interaction with Chloe Kardashian now. We're friends. We talk. She DM'd me. No, I'm kidding. She didn't DM me. But she commented back. How crazy is that? That's it's so, so exciting. Is it probably not her? Sure. Or does she do it to everybody else's comments? Absolutely. But do I still feel like an absolute star and like I'm in the Kardashian inner circle? A thousand percent. I'm embarrassed to tell Taco when I see him like how much I loved this. But I. I but it's just the way that it is. Like I, I don't think it's cool to pretend to him that I think I that I don't think it's cool he hangs out with them. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, 
I've just oh, every time he mentions hanging out with them, I'm like, oh my god, that's so cool. In yeah. fact, the person who told me that Chloe had commented back on my comment was Dave Bird. No way. I like woke up to a screenshot from Dave, a text from Dave Bird that was like aren't you so excited about this? And I was like, oh my God, what? And then I opened it and looked and it was the screenshot of my comment. So he even saw it before me. So, so if Dave Bird thinks it's allowed to think it's cool, then I'm allowed to think that it's cool. That's really interesting <laughs> to me because Dave is, from my knowledge, like actually has a relationship with some of them. So I either think, I think either way, it's very sweet because like either he was super, super excited or he knows how much it means to you. So he was like yeah. really happy for you. So that's cool. I think that's the case. Cause yeah. remember I've talked about it on the pod, the scene that I got to do with Courtney for Dave, I was like pretty open with everybody about how excited I was because it feels like just disingenuous for me to pretend like I'm not like starstruck by Kardashians. Like I'm just not going to do that until the day that I stop being starstruck by the Kardashians. I'm going to be honest about it. I'm going to try not to be super weird, but I'm not going to play it cool just because I'm hanging out with people who happen to hang out with the Kardashians. Yeah, that makes sense. So, but yeah, what a crazy, first of all, that whole story that like several tiered layer story of how we're connected to all of these reality stars is perfect for this week because there was so much crazy reality news. Yeah. This week was insane. I feel like we just like kept texting each other back and forth. Like what is going on? Uh, okay. So Erica Jane <laughs> and Tom Girardi are getting sued for supposedly embezzling money, uh, <laughs> specifically from plane crash victims and like survivors and like people who are related to the mm -hmm. victims of this plane crash and using it just like for their personal spending and their quote unquote like lavish Beverly Hills lifestyle and you are a psychic in more ways than one because you posted the clip of the chorus of expensive by Erica Jane and you're like this is going to be her on the stand when she's divorcing Tom Girardi and the the fucking the prosecution used that against Erica and Tom and they were like <laughs> she says that her glam squad costs forty thousand dollars a month do you think that she can afford that without stealing from plane crash survivors I don't think so <laughs> and I can't believe this is like we'll see what the jury says but supposedly Tom Girardi the man from Aaron Brockovich <laughs> people let's not forget why he's fucking famous he is the friendly, jolly guy from Aaron Brockovich who, like, supposedly helped all of these victims who were dealing with, like, poison water is now stealing from plane crash victims? Come on, man. Look at where you came from. I can't. I can't. I can't. It's and it makes me want to watch Aaron Brockovich. So funny. Aaron Brockovich is one of my favorite movies. And I remember that Tom. So I thought for a long time that Tom was the, like, was um, Ed, the, like, scrappy lawyer that, like, hires Aaron but he's actually the big time lawyer that helps them form the class action lawsuit that's in a winnable mm -hmm. way and he basically mm -hmm. says like I think in the movie he says his fee is like exorbitant I mean he gets like a high 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 percentage of whatever the settlement is so I'm already like you don't have to steal more money from them like you're already getting the most money out of this it's crazy yeah. it's like such an and insane headline do you think that I think that the these two things happening at once, them being sued for embezzlement and her breaking up with him. Do you, I think that that is like not a good look for Tom because it sort of suggests if they're happening at the same time that 
it, this might have been made clear to Erica, and then yeah. she's like, "Fuck off! I want nothing to do with." No, this. I think it's that's a what bad it is. look for him. Yeah, and if it's I, not, it's it's such stupid timing for everyone who made that decision. But people, that's what it looks like. They were like covering it on Instagram and taking snippets from articles and saying, you know, basically, as she found out about this and was like, "I don't." I, I don't I didn't know and I don't I don't want to be financially tied to this person it's very Ooh. reminiscent of like Joe and Teresa where it's like you think yeah. everything's fine you think you're married to a rich husband on the up and up you get to spend money you guys have an agreement and then you find out that you should have been paying attention more to your finances and uh you're culpable and it's not great <laughs> also she's doing like such a funny amount of posting old hot pictures of yeah her. I'm like <laughs> I like are you okay yeah it's like very much going through a kind of weird public breakup and and then posting these like five and six year old photos of her just like naked and the captions are just like drama and you're like what Erica <laughs> just take a break like you are just stop stop but that was so crazy and we're we're gonna just have to keep an eye on that headline um, yeah. What was the other thing? The Bronwyn came out right. as a lesbian. Yes. Which is wow. like very cool. It's cool that there she's the first gay openly gay housewife. Um, mm-hmm. That's exciting. I having you know dipped a toe in this season of Orange County. I'm not watching the full thing because I'm trying to stand in solidarity with the Kelly Dodd boycott. But she is going through a lot. So I yeah. hope that this. You know, uh, I hope that she has a good support system and that she, you know, is feeling like she can be her true self. And um, we hope that she's healthy. It's like it's kind of an interesting moment to come out and be like, this is finally who I am. And I can be excited about it when she's going through so much public turmoil on the show. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, so, that's what like, I feel. I said this to you. I said this to my sister-in-law, Brittany, because we were talking about it. And I was just like, I just hope this is this is the step in like the right direction. Like I her being like her truest self and being super public about it. And it seems like she's found a lot of joy in that, which makes me feel good, is the first thing I've seen from her in a while that is, uh, yeah, just feels 100 percent positive what scares me is that there's just seems to be so much overwhelming things happening to her yeah, like yeah. if I put myself in her shoes I would just feel very much like I was drowning in a lot of different things yeah. and to be going through all of this like this personal journey with herself and her identity and her relationship with drinking and her relationship with her family she's a mom of like 4,000 children yeah and she's doing it all on like national TV <laughs> and she's doing it during 2020. Like the fact that all it's of this lot. is happening to her this year, I'm like, girl, this is crazy. This was the year we were all supposed to cool it. But I am very glad that she is like coming to terms with exactly who she wants to be and is being very public about it. Cause right. that could be super scary. So we're all for it. Bronwyn. We just like want you to be happy. And we healthy, just want so. you to be like, you know, in a good space and with your kids and that's, and whatever you got to do to get there, that's we're supportive of that. You know, yeah. so we're here for it. All right. Should we talk about the bachelor? Woof. That was like so yeah. much. I, I was like the PR teams in the housewives world are on standby and they're like, Oh my God, Erica Jane's being sued by plane crash victims. Drop every, fucking bomb you can about yeah. like any news no one will pay attention it was crazy yeah that was it her PR team went and gave uh, all of the other housewives COVID that was yeah it. exactly uh, I feel like this it's so funny to talk about like everything that feels so overwhelming with Bronwyn and then move into The Bachelor because The Bachelor was also 
just like a lot of emotional yeah. work. It was it was way heavier than I anticipated. What? How did you feel about this week's episode? Oof! I was like, oh, okay, so this is the episode where everyone's crying, and then Tasha <laughs> is, I don't know, actually genuinely taking it in. And then I don't want to steal your thunder, but um, I was very shocked by the reaction to Ben's, you know, little emotional confessional. Do you want to talk about that? (laughs) Yeah, let's get into this. I think that the challenge was doing a self-portrait and like basically opening yourself up and telling Taisha something like really super, super deep and vulnerable about you and what you what your like identity is and yada, yada. And the guys all had some pretty heavy shit to like just deal with. Um, and so each person, they, they, everybody was being very respectful and like listening and some of them were tearing up and Tasha was trying to be like a really captive audience, like listen to all of them with a lot of uh, intention. And uh, Ben was last and he was like, hold on a second and <laughs> went out of the room, took off all of his clothes and came back in naked to say, this is my self portrait this is me bearing all for you. This is me being like vulnerable and brave. And then Tasha reacted by crying. Okay, hear me out. What okay. if Tasha was having a moment like Samantha on Sex in the City where she's with that guy who has a penis that's so big that they can't have sex? Like, what if it was that? <laughs> you know, oh, and Samantha's like crying. You guys. <laughs> I literally have Ben as my number one, and I didn't have that reaction. That's so funny. Uh, That's really, really, really funny. I do think, I mean, it is like she truly sees him so naked, and then she, like, is moved to tears, which is hilarious. But, and, and like, and Tim, who has done our pod, pointed out, he texted us and was like, maybe she's just so emotional because she realized that that's, like, her hot, naked husband, Uh, which is, like, we wish. But... Yeah, I uh, maybe there's an element of that that I'm not considering, and, <laughs> no, uh, no, no. and it would be, and you know what, it would be smart of him in that case. If, I'm totally if that's, joking. If that's true. I feel like what was weird about this for me is that normally we get these situations where we find out, you know, really touching things about each person's background more in a one-on-one setting and they just sort of like crammed it all in in a room with all of them together you know and so I think Tasha was probably just overwhelmed by like taking on all of these personal stories uh but I do like that they are leaning into this like trying to get the boys more I agree with you it should have been more on a one-on-one setting but these guys are down I don't know if it's because they're just all like staying in this weird resort and they're like kind of not traveling and partying but they're just like all becoming little softies to me and I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, I found the the challenge with Zach, the challenge, mm-hmm. the date with Zach to be really interesting because they were told to take like wedding photos. And I just loved the shift in energy from imagining if Claire had been on this date, how fucking obnoxiously giddy she would have been to try on wedding dresses with any of the boys and like skip around and be like yeah yeah wedding yeah look at me I'm a bride I just want someone who's there for me I'm a bride and Tasha was like that this is kind of weird I don't I've been married before it feels like this it kind of makes me sad I don't I really don't like trivializing this like wedding dress thing I don't even really like thinking about it and it felt very relatable to me I didn't like that they put her in an uncomfortable position but I liked that she was open about being uncomfortable yeah I thought it was very likable and I thought 
it was cool. Every once in a while, she'll be like, this is a lot. I'm overwhelmed. And I'm like, thank you for saying that. As opposed to Claire, who was like, this is like, oh, my God, what a dream come true. It's like, shut the fuck up, Claire. I am a little scared because Zach, even though he's not like who I personally would pick, uh, I have him going top two in my bracket because Tasha's like, I want a real man. And so I thought that mm. she would be tricked into keeping him around for a long time. And now he's doing this shit where he's like, yeah. And then one time I was driving my baby sister while I was coked out and I flipped the car. It was like really hard yeah. for me. And I'm like, please, can you just like share less? Could you just like summarize yeah. the bad things that have happened to you? Because yeah. you're scaring her, you know, <laughs> for the sake of my bracket. <laughs> for the sake of her bracket, Zach, please. Yeah, Zach was really, uh, really doubling down on every time he revealed something about his past. I was like, oh, my God. Wow. And then he'd be like, and then. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm like, no, don't this tell her anymore. Going. Yeah, I was like, dude, it's like, cool it. This is like, I don't know if you felt this way with when you first start dating somebody you really, really like. I know you and I have very kind of dark family histories in some mm -hmm. ways. So, like, you got to slowly yeah. release that information. Mm -hmm. I would not be like, let's sit down at this picnic blanket and I'll tell you all of the dark things that have ever happened in my family tree. You gotta, you gotta slow your roll. Uh, but I know that these people are in a pressure cooker and I'm sure that a producer was like, tell her everything bad that's ever happened to you. And then had no idea that everything bad that has ever happened to Zach is like really fucking heavy. Really bad. So, woo, uh, it Oof. sucks for Zach. Um, but I'm glad he seems to be doing well. That's good. Um, anyway, and then um, I feel like we can talk about we'll see where the ben, uh, Bennett and Noah fight goes next week. And if one of them goes home, I think we're going to have some problems with our, you know, top picks for our brackets. Uh, it's starting, yeah. to, starting to get really real in the in the in the bachelorette I, bracket. Yeah, I, uh, I have a feeling they both go home and I'm frustrated. Yeah. It just feels like she's she is already over it. She's like, is this what's going on? I'm done. And I'm like, fuck, she's going to send both of them home, which yeah. is the right move for her, I bet. But I had Noah going really far. Yeah, <sighs> he's cute. Oof. He'll be back. He's really cute. Oh, he was also be kind back. of checking out Jojo, which I did not appreciate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jojo is stepping in for Chris Harrison and uh, she's beautiful. She also seemed like she would remember when Tasha was annoyed with all of them and she like wanted to talk to, to Bennett and Noah. She, Jojo came in and was like pissed and her energy was terrifying to me. <laughs> I wonder if the men feel the same way. Like when Chris comes in and he's like, hey, Tasha is really like disappointed in you guys. They all they all are just like kind of like bummed out. But Jojo came in and was like, hey, so Tasha's feeling really upset and all. I was like, oh, my God, I feel so <laughs> tense right now. It's so different. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Chris. Chris brings an impartiality to the situation where he's like just delivering facts and and Jojo's like, you fuck with my friend, you fuck with me. <laughs> it's like, wait, hold on. You're supposed to be like an objective observer. <laughs> yeah, it's such a different energy. It's so scary. It's like, oh, my God, these boys are getting slapped on the wrist by yeah. Jojo. I do. Um, I love her. I think she's so cool. Yeah, I think she's very cute and like well put together. And I'm glad she's still like around in Bachelor Nation. Um, should we talk about Salt Lake City? Yes. Which reminds me, if I don't get you Louis Vuitton earbuds for Christmas, are you going to be upset? <laughs> you know, a little because I don't even have regular AirPods. So I'm like really expecting the best from you. Like, <laughs> I was blown away. Mary gave 
give all of them Louis Vuitton AirPods just for coming to her brunch? I was like, what's going on? This episode has fully convinced me that she is stealing everyone's money at that church. Like, all the rumors about being a cult leader seem to have a lot of validity when you hire someone to personally shave $8,000 a pound truffles on every single one of the the lunches that you invited yep. these houses and you just for. and you just tell everyone the price and you don't give a flying fuck that's not your money honey no one no yeah that is that's coming straight from the parishioners yeah <laughs> I also think in general this whole episode including this brunch including Jen Shaw freaking out at, at Whitney's party over like old news I get the vibe that these women are really like coming to play like this is obviously uh, one of the newer shows in the entire franchise and I think that they are they're they're putting in a lot of effort to make some drama and I just want to tell them to calm down because they don't need to there's so much already there like they I don't think they realize how good they are already I love that they're getting together I like that they're trying but they could tone down the effort just a teensy bit because these bitches are already such great TV but they don't even totally realize it yet you know yeah I totally agree with you I think like that's why I wasn't as high on Jen um as a lot of other people were because it felt like she knew what a house she like had an idea of what a housewife was supposed to act like I will say that this episode made me think that she actually might just be in the anger stage of grief and she might have to like get some help as far as anger management is concerned it seems less Mm -hmm. like I think housewives come and scream at people and more like oh god you don't have control of your emotions and you got to get your husband to get you the fuck out of there to me which was yeah interesting I hope we continue down on that path because that's more authentic to me you know I think that's a really fair observation I do I did read that like with the way the other women were saying this behavior from Jen doesn't necessarily surprise me also made me think that this is that she can be just kind of like big and very expressive in her emotions. Um, so the, yeah, the, the getting into the anger stage of grief in this time makes a lot of sense because they're not shocked by how extreme she's being, but it, it just feels, it feels like she's trying to start some shit and like that part yeah, feels I agree not as you. genuine to me. Um, I love, though, that her part of her reputation, I think this is so sick. I would love if people saw me this way. Part of her reputation is just, like, bringing snacks. Yes. The fact that Heather was like, Jen Shaw shows up everywhere, whether it's a party, whether it's to your house, like, or if you go to hers, the girl always has snacks. She always is, like, ordering sushi. She's always showing up with, like, cheese and cheese plates. And I'm like, fuck Yeah, I think that's a great reputation to have. The girl who always has snacks. Yeah, that's amazing. I think I have a reputation for being the girl who always has a water bottle, like a giant bottle of water at every party. One of my friends (laughs) said, oh, my God, I'm so glad you're here because you drink as much water as me at parties. And I was like, oh, great. (laughs) Um, But I would like to be the snack girl as well. Um, Mike was saying, so she had that whole confessional, Jen, where she was like, I have to be the football wife and I'm expected to like be fine with everything. And like when my dad died, my husband didn't come to my funeral because he had a game. And Mike was like, what the fuck? He's like, someone else can fucking coach the tight ends that week. He's not even the head coach. Like, Yeah. I thought the same thing. I was mad too, because also if say in a world where you, let's say your fucking husband is the head coach of an NFL football team, then you would not, 
I'm sorry, but you wouldn't schedule the funeral for a, the day of a game. You would do yeah. it the day before or the day after. Like, there's a little flexibility. Not a lot, but there I is a little flexibility people, when you could schedule the funeral. Yeah, they, people miss shit for births of their children and deaths in their family. Like, you can come later or whatever. I, I just yeah. don't – I just think that's crazy. I think that's yeah. really sad that she's expected to be – fine with that I did like I thought Heather had a really good episode I'm starting to really like her and see like why she's funny it was hilarious to me when Jen was freaking out and she was on the phone she's like hey coach Shaw so I'm gonna have you turn when you see um a flapper with cankles that's me you can just turn right in here I was like oh my god and when they started to fight earlier that night she was like do I need to go over there or can I sit here and wait for my chicken lollipops yeah She was like, because they, they're coming to this table with the chicken. So if I go over there, I'm not going to get the chicken. And I was like, I am here for that. That makes so much sense. Me too. Yeah, I think I get a kick out of her. I think she's great. I think she's a, she seems to be a good listener too. And for sure. in a lot of these scenes, she just kind of like lets other people dump on her in a way that is also a good friend, I think. Yeah. Um, I have ugh. a question. Do Shoot. And this is a stupid question. Do male strippers usually do pole work like do they dance on poles great question Alyssa I don't know why you would think that's stupid I think that's I I think the answer is no as someone who just watched Magic Mike yes okay I think so the there are there's very few pole work uh moments in Magic Mike 1 and Magic Mike 2 uh they're great but I do think typically there is not a pole involved because the pole involves so much crotch yes. work. And that is like not a, you know, it's just not a First thing of all, for most men. I would just like to say pole dancing is extremely fucking hard. I took a couple pole dancing classes in college and it's, you have to be so strong to do anything interesting on a pole. So anyone coming for pole dancing and like trying to act like Whitney's just a whore or whatever, like you're going to have to fight me. Like, second of all, (laughs) it struck me, and in the same breath, obviously men being on a pole is weird. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why is this cowboy upside down spinning on a pole? Like, this is not how I've seen most male strippers. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe in Utah, that's how they do it. No, I think that's a really good point. It's certainly not the, the the, the normal way of doing it. I'll also say normally there aren't cowboy strippers at a 1920s party. That's true. But, so there was just a lot of weird <laughs> – there was a lot of weird things that they were pulling. But that's really funny. I didn't really notice that. I was too fixated on them being cowboys. At I a just felt party. like we were in danger of seeing a lot of gooch, and I don't want that. <laughs> and I also don't want anyone to sp- – okay, <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, a woman who was a waxer and she was very skilled, right? I used to go for her a long time. And she would literally like teach beauty courses on waxing. And one of her specialties was like male waxing. And mm. she said one time she was, do- <laughs> she said one time she was doing a demonstration in front of an entire class and about waxing a scrotum. And she pulled the <gasps> wax off and their scrotum just no, like ripped no, no. apart. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! And I've never forgotten that, and I'm like really scared for everyone's delicate scrotums now. Oh my god, (laughs) Alyssa, that's so awful. Everyone who's listening is not gonna is gonna have the worst like muscle tension for the rest of the day. I literally can't feel my back. I just became like smaller. I swear to God. Oh my god. (laughs) I just don't think that you know scrotums were meant to be like upside down doing the splits on a pole. That's all I'm saying. I'm just trying to look out for the men here. Yeah, how nice of you. 
Um, should we wrap up on that note? Should we wrap up with the very serious episode of Southern Charm? Uh, yeah, let me gather myself and we can talk about <laughs> Southern Charm. What a speaking of like muscle tension. This uh, this week's episode, I mean, last week's going into this week's just have given me also a lot of tension because I am both like, you know, sort of like proud and relieved that we're talking about a lot of important things. But I am so nervous the entire yeah. time that mm-hmm. even the people who are who have been burdened with having to sort of like carry these episodes on their shoulders are also going to do something wrong or say something wrong. And I don't want that for anybody. I'm so nervous. I uh, have to admit that I am very into the ripping down statues of slave owners. I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, I'm glad that they're, you know, trying to address this the history of this city finally um i do think it's a pretty good example of how like white women are not good allies sometimes um the fact that like danny is Catherine's friend and she's like well she's not calling me back so i guess i will go to this meeting about tearing down an ancestor statue you know like yeah. I, I just i don't i think the the priorities are a little bit misaligned but i'm hoping that She's, you know, she's a sponge and she's learning from everyone. You know, m- the the consciousness is changing and we're going to be more progressive because I, I want to think that Danny's like not a hateful person and I don't think she wants to hurt anybody. For sure. I think that that's like that's just going to be a problem that we're going to be running into by trying to address these topics through this vehicle of this particular yeah, show. And sure. frankly, any reality show, especially on Bravo, is like there's always going to be this weird element of like, but how do we make this drama? Like, yeah. how do we how do we make th- these issues that are so big, so incredibly belittled by making them like a personal feud between these two idiot characters? Yeah, like, <laughs> I agree. So that's like going to be part of the problem. But it is uh, I still think that it's it's good for them to be biting off more than they can chew, because at least that's a step in the right direction. The producers, I mean, um, yeah, I think for that sure. the 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 like watching simultaneously the like conversations about race and social injustice while also watching them uh sit at brunch with like no masks <laughs> in june is a little fascinating to me yeah i'm like i keep like reminding my it's, i get a sort of whiplash watching the episode because they i will forget that they are in coronavirus times yeah. because a lot of the shows we're watching right now are still from you know 20 early early or late 2019 um, so when I see these episodes of them at brunch and then they mention coronavirus, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This was this summer. This is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so it's a lot. I totally agree. And I it's interesting because I think that, you know, they are experiencing what a lot of people who are trying to follow the rules, but like there aren't really good rules and they're all different. They're all changing all the time where it's like oh, don't gather with more than 10 people. You know, like those kinds of rules where they're like, well, I'm only hanging out with like six people, so I'm not going to get the virus. And so it's hard for me to be like, uh, I don't know. I just, I think it's like a top-down thing and this whole thing was fucked up. And so I'm a little like, they're idiots. It's not their fault, I guess. But then you have things like, okay, Austin gets COVID and then Madison's mad at him because she thinks that he's putting her son in danger. But then she's also like, and I was planning a birthday party for you and now we can't do it. And I'm like, well, (laughs) if you were going to plan the birthday party, aren't you kind of putting your son in danger? Even though I really like her, like you got to call that out a little bit. 
No, for for sure, for sure. And it's I, I I also try to give them a little credit because you're right. They're getting they're in a much different state than the one that we're living in and the rules that they're getting. And, and this is like earlier in the pandemic when things were even more confusing than they are now. But it is a little hypocritical in a lot of ways. I think for it's sure. funny that she's like, of co- like, of course you have COVID. Why are you surprised? Yeah. And is also surprised that he has it. Like, she's openly shocked and mad at him. And then when he says, yeah, I'm just as shocked as you are, she's like, well, you shouldn't be because you've been going to bars. And I'm like, well, then you know he's been going to bars. Why did you go hang out yeah, with him? Exactly. It's a little, <laughs> I, but you're allowed. I mean, we're all we're all allowed to get super emotional about all these things. So, and I, I also do really, really like her and I'm obsessed with her. Her son. And I was really jealous of these scenes where both her and Austin got to, like, see their parents. And I was so jealous. I was, like, like, she just had, like, a very touching moment with her mom. Her mom said she was proud of her and how much she missed her. And I was like, you miss your mom? You're seeing her in June. Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I mean, your, your parents live in a different state. So that's obviously way harder. But, like, you know, from the second the CDC was like, Americans should be prepared to stay home for two weeks. I was like, you don't have to tell me twice. And, like, I have not touched my mom <laughs> since then. I was like, we are mm-hmm. keeping you alive. You survived breast cancer and this shit is not taking you down. So my brother <laughs> yeah. and my mom and I, we all live in L.A. I've seen them a handful of times outside for special occasions. And we've not hugged or anything the entire pandemic. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's weird. It sucks. So yeah. I was jealous of that, as we yeah. all should be. For sure. But, you know, I think that it's as much as the episode is a little nerve wracking. Like I said, I'm also happy that Southern Charm is trying to do what they've been promising to do in their trailers for weeks um, and that we're seeing some like interesting conversations in fucking Charleston where this stuff has got to feel so much different than it does in L.A. So I do appreciate that, you know, like they're in a very different bubble than what we've been in in this time. For sure. Um, well, wow. Jam packed week. Um, so much to digest, man. Tough, tough note to end that on. But do you want to like tee up our little interview? I do. I do want to tee up the interview and, uh, uh, forgive me, but I have to do one slight detour before, which is that we recorded this interview two weeks ago. Uh, we talked with a a really talented writer and comedian and actor, Lori Majors, and she uh, talks to us about the show Married at First Sight. Uh, but we touch on uh, the HBO show The Undoing. And when we recorded this, you had yet to watch it. And also it had yet to have its like big finale. And in the time that's passed, you and Mike have watched it. And I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, you guys will hear me talk about how it's a little hard for me to watch dramas and such a like, you know, since we're living through real hell, I don't need to watch fake hell, I guess. But I did it. I got peer pressured into doing it. And I won't ruin it for anybody. So you guys. Yeah, we don't we don't have any spoilers, but I just wanted to give some context for like the time that we talk about it. Um, it's funny. I feel like with the undoing, I have felt like because I watched it every I watched it the, literally the moment came out every Sunday. I felt like everybody I knew was watching it that same way. And then I somehow mentally was like, no one from here forward will watch The Undoing. Like you either watched it or you're <laughs> never going to watch it. I don't know why I thought that. I was just like, no one is going to like watch this in the future. But I think that people are because it's been uh, trending so much. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, please enjoy our interview about Married at First Sight. I am getting married to a stranger. No. Today. Never even seen her before. What? I'm nervous. 
I'm getting shaky. Everything is rushing at me, and I just feel overwhelmed. I am getting married to a stranger. I have no idea what she looks like. Okay, everybody. I am really pumped for today because today's guest is a super wonderfully talented writer and performer. And I actually had the pleasure of seeing her on stage in this year's CBS Comedy Showcase, Fancy Fancy, where she was so fucking funny. And then once I discovered that she was a reality TV fan, I essentially stalked her and then made her come on the podcast against her <laughs> will. Lori Majors, thank you Hello. so much for joining us. I'm so happy to be here. Honestly, I, I love talking about reality and this is a welcome welcome exciting before we even get into the show that we're covering today which is uh, just so fascinating to me uh you watch a lot of reality tv talk to us about your like your relationship with reality tv why do you love it so much oh man i think that i i watch almost all of it um from docu-series to competition like romance style stuff dating style stuff to alternative lifestyle i'm a bravo insider i have tlc app <laughs> oh my god i'm really in- obsessed with it and i think i like it because um as a writer there's so much like structure forced upon us and reality tv it's like the editors and the story producers <laughs> are like the unsung stars of these shows and i love it i <laughs> I can think of nothing better. I don't meditate and I don't, um, <laughs> like, all I do is watch hours of reality. The acupuncturist that I went to pre-pandemic, he is a Buddhist and he's always trying to talk about, like, you know, what's your what's your moments of the day where you're not, you know, thinking ahead or thinking back on things you said, like, what's, you know, nirvana for you? And I was like, reality TV. <laughs> was like, yeah. I don't, I don't identify. Um, and I was like, okay, playing defense in a basketball game. And he was like, great, we can talk about that. I was like, he's like, it's just you and this moment. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm telling you, it's like anything on Bravo. I'm not thinking about my life. So well, but also this great service that they provide us is if you're ever feeling bad about anything you said or did during the day, just turn on one moment of reality yeah. TV, and, and there's like, just people that have you know been more embarrassing than you i just want to take a poll of you guys have you guys watched regular narrative tv in the last like two months of the pandemic because i'll say (laughs) i don't think i've watched one show with a script in it for i don't i can't even remember oh my god do you you and mike don't even watch anything anything no he watches stuff that is stressful and i'm like it's too real i just want to watch these women uh be upset about like hospital smell or whatever i will say though the narrative tv that tony makes me watch to your point Alyssa, is very stressful like we watch just like a lot of like HBO dramas or like the or just like just crazy things that do sort of give me anxiety but I, do, I have watched a little. Are you watching The Undoing? Yes how did oh. you read my mind Lori? Oh my god That's I am up to I'm obsessed date on the undoing. with The Undoing. Yeah I watch it the second it comes on and like this last Sunday I had like a really bad day and at six o'clock Tony looked at me and he was like hey the undoing has a new episode and I was the like, cliffhanger oh. they left us on mikey <gasps> called it he predicted it oh my god me too like, am i mikey maybe <laughs> that's why we're hitting it off so well 
but I I, uh, I I don't even know what that is. But I oh, am you gotta watching check it out. Um, Real Housewives of New York from the beginning with Mike. So what? that's <laughs> if way anyone to do has it. any questions about you know Sonia taking a trip to Saratoga, I am an encyclopedia at this point. Pretty much the same thing. <laughs> same thing. Yeah, okay, Alyssa. Perfect. The Undoing is is you'll know exactly what the show is when I describe it to you. It is a like uh, as in like you almost don't have to watch it because you just like get the vibe it's a drama on hbo starring nicole kidman Mm -hmm. and uh hugh what's his name hugh grant hugh grant i almost called him hugh hefner could you imagine (laughs) hugh grant and it's like hugh grant's like sort of drama comeback and then also uh donald sutherland is in it it's it's like very it's very um like definitely kind of like acting porn like yeah, it, it's but really it's, close to Big Little Lies, but it's just yes. like Nicole Kidman having the worst, most stressful day every day. Okay, I can yeah. talk with that. I'll check she's it out. She does it really, so Yeah, she's really like skinny and stressed. Like that's <laughs> yeah. kind of like the vibe of the whole show. I can do it's that kind yes, of and rich. I can't do like the zooming sounds of fighting scenes in The Mandalorian. That's no. like too oh, stressful no. to me. So I no. slow, <laughs> sleepy, stressful. I love that. I saw someone tweet the other day that Hugh Grant is so hot it was ruining her life and this makes a lot more <laughs> sense to me so I'm less concerned about that person I understand it more I thought she was just watching like you know love actually over and over or something sure. I can't wait for you to watch it it's so good I mean just to watch it for Nicole Kidman's like coats alone Alyssa you'll appreciate <laughs> yes. it she has, like, and her curls her and hair. her coats and curls you're gonna be like all right I'm here for it okay. um Okay, while we've now plugged <laughs> The Undoing <laughs> on HBO, let's get into this. I've been wanting to do Married at First Sight for a while. And to be honest, I haven't even watched it because I was told that it was very similar to 90 Day Fiance. And as everybody who listens to this podcast knows, I watch every single 90 Day Fiance and it's like very close to consuming and ruining my life. So I've always <laughs> kept Married at First Sight like at arm's length. And you said, let's do it. And I was like, let's fucking go. So as as a 90 day fiance watcher, that's not correct. It's very different from 90 (gasps) day fiance. Tell me why. This is what we're here for. Okay, so what Married at First Sight is, is they have a set of singles who are agreeing to participate in this process, which is a modern take on arranged marriage. So they have these uh, three experts that are like, they have a sexologist and a spirituality expert and a psychology expert, one of whom is named Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Just got to tell you, I'm a big fan of Dr. Pepper. But um, they interview all these people, give them a slew of tests, and then at the end of it, they, they make matches. And when they match these couples up, they get married on the first at the first moment that they meet each other. What? So they they meet each other at the <laughs> altar and get legally married, and then um, they go through an eight week process of honeymoon, moving in together, making their lives mesh, and then after eight weeks, they have the moment, the decision moment where they decide if they're going to stay married or get a divorce. Annulment's not an option. 
So it's either you stay married or you get a full-on divorce. Who's paying for the divorce at this point? Is the show paying for the divorce? I mean, it's got to be. The rest of the... So over the course of the 11 seasons, there's been 11 seasons. It's a lifetime show. Over the course of the 11 seasons, it seems to me that the production budget has morphed. Okay. You know, like um, they give, by the end of it, they're giving these couples allowances and paying for where they live. And yeah, it seems like that divorce is really clean and taken care of. And they might not have to like, you know, merge their finances and whatnot or like merge their health plans that soon, right? Like aren't well, there many couples who don't have to case. do that? It's marriage <gasps> by marriage. Like some of them, it's going so well that they decide to just, you know, make huge financial decisions together or open Stop. joint bank accounts. And others, they're just like, I didn't like the person they picked, but I'm in this for eight weeks and we're going to just try and hang out painfully while hating each other and it's just a perfect balance of both on almost every season there's one couple that works perfectly and it's just like the match is golden and they they love it and there's also one couple who's like they hate each other from moment one but they're contractually obligated to stay in the marriage Okay, I have a thousand questions yes I want to start with do you think having watched all of it that their goal, the producers and the experts goal is what you just described to have like one actually perfect couple and maybe one opposite. And there's just two people that just get fucked because they decide that they're going to have a bad couple. Or do you believe, are you under the impression that they're trying as hard as they can with every single couple? And that's, those are just the odds and the way that it shakes out. So I think that They choose people that, based on the people's answers in interviews and surveys, could work. The times Mm. that it goes really haywire are when those people have lied and have misled everyone about what their intentions are and what their real personality is. And the ones that work, which, by the way, for as far as dating and marriage reality shows go, this show's got a great track record. There are several couples that are still married and have babies and stuff like that where the process worked. They were honest through the matchmaking process, but there's so many just easily hateable liars. So what's the example of like what someone would lie about? Um, Well, in this most recent season, season 11, um, this woman lied about where she lived. It's like New Orleans. And she's like, yeah, I live in this part of New Orleans. And then it's like, actually, she's an L.A. person and is living out of her car while she participates. In this oh, no. oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. That's sad. That's well, and then good. in the last season, there was a guy that was just like, obviously, just trying to be on TV and was just dating other people the whole time. But then oh, there's that's, other that's like a... real love stories. So it's sort of. In this way, it's a little bit like 90 Day, where now that the show has gained a lot of traction, like I've even just heard about it, like people know that we do this podcast, and they'll be like, you must watch the show, it's a big show, that there's like clout chasers who are just trying to get on it. But I also, I can't, do these people become um, Instagram famous in the same way that like someone from The Bachelor would? Um, No, it's a lifetime show. 
So the <laughs> so the audience oh, is significant no, 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 as no. well. This is a lifetime show. Talk to us a little bit more about what do we know about these experts that are picking, and oh, like how it. long do they stay involved in the process, or are they just in the first episode and they're like, "Good luck"? No, they're there the whole way through, and they have meetings with people whenever they have issues. There's two that have been with the series pretty much the whole time and that's Dr. Pepper who I talked about her name's Dr. <laughs> Pepper Schwartz and um she's a sociologist and kind of the soul heart and soul of the show along with Pastor Cal mm. and uh Pastor Cal is kind of a religious leader but he's just kind of a real straightforward like I'm gonna tell it how I see it he's really great that he comes from a religious background, but he doesn't push it on people, and he kind of uses that to inform. You know, he gives he gives these people tough love. And then there's this third spot of expert that has rotated, and it's the sexologist spot. What does a sexologist do? And, uh, like, uh, what are you saying to someone who's never even seen their partner before they got married? Like, that's crazy. Oh, they do a ton of stuff. Like, what are you into? What are you not into? Where's your favorite place to be touched? What kind of sex do you like? How kinky are you? What are your sexual deal breakers? Um, Dr. Pepper actually has this famous gag where she goes into everyone's apartment and goes through their underwear drawer and picks up their underwear and shows it to the camera. Why? Mine would be covered in so many periods. (laughs) I would have a lot of very large granny Yes! I do have mine rolled up like Marie Kondo told me to, though. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Yeah, I, I, I feel like she would find, like, some really sexy stuff in mine and then notice that the tags were still on and they were unworn. Wait, I have like, to tell oh. an insanely disgusting story really quick. So I, Woo! like, um, hang dry my underwear. I don't put them in the dryer because they won't fit. And so I was living with my boyfriend um, for the first time, and he was looking at <laughs> – he was looking at the rack of clothes that we had drying. <laughs> And he goes, this is disgusting, but whatever. We all deal with it. He goes, why are there so many duty stains in your underwear? (laughs) And I was just like, those are like the underwear that I wear when I like to sleep in when I have my period. (laughs) Yeah, you have to keep them and keep them in the cycle. What are you? What do you want to do? I'm not going to buy new ones every single time and just have the same accident happen. Probably. Anyway, I I just like never I just would never think like obviously I know I don't shit my pants. So that just would never (laughs) like looking at my own stuff. I would never think like, oh, this is embarrassing. Like, obviously, he's going to think that that's not what it is anyway. And so if someone went through my underwear drawer, they'd be like, girl, you need to get better tampons or something. Dr. Pepper has only pulled out very beautiful, pristine looking underwear. So I'm sure they've gotten a heads up. Here's the thing I'll say. I've like, this is so weird. Uh, and I'm laughing even more because I know that my boyfriend's mom is going to listen to this because she watches Married at First Sight. But I feel like, in my experience, the less I've, I've like purchased or worn personally, like more sexy underwear and like sexy type of lingerie, the like 
almost the less comfortable I am in my like sexual partner situation. Yeah. And then the more comfortable I've been, the way like I haven't bought a nice or like s- like sexy pair of anything in like two years. Oh, so, right. Yeah. But it's so fascinating to me to think like, oh, well, then if this person has really sexy little things, then they're like a really, really sexual like person doesn't compute for me because I would look at that and be like oh this person's probably not coming out of their shell quite yet if you made a graph of like like you know to like a correlation of like trust versus sexy panties it would just be like the more the trust goes up like the more the panties nose dive that's it that's it Alyssa (laughs) that's exactly what I was trying to say so I'm with you I just want to say that's not an uncommon thing to experience well and to be even like I don't know like more gross and blunt with it when they're pairing these people in the episode that I watched I think it was Dr. Pepper mentioned she was like well I'm pairing so-and-so with so-and-so because they're both very mild tempered they both have a similar um just like attitude about life and they're both good looking like and I was like what the fuck how could you say something like that and so how does that play into have there ever been couples where they're like oh this girl is not as hot as me or vice versa absolutely so oh my god I would think you know like with the other shows like um too hot to handle or love island other dating shows like that they're always ultra hot instagram model type people Right? right. And with this, it's like people that have to agree to be in an arranged marriage. So it's like going from Tinder to Match.com. Like it's that different demographic. In the first, very first season of Love at First Sight, there's this couple, Jamie and Doug. And Jamie was mortified, unattracted to Doug, hated him, was like, I would never pick this guy. She cried at her wedding. She was so upset. Mm. She was like, this guy's not my type. I would never be attracted to him. All this and that. And after their honeymoon, she was into it. And they're still (gasps) married and have a baby. And I think a second one. Wow. Yeah. And then other couples, they never become attracted to each other. But I do think that they, what they do is they, they pair people with kind of people that they look like. Because you're always going to have, like, if it's someone that's in your category, you're going to have, if you want to be on reality TV, there's a little bit of narcissism there. So you're going to like someone that looks kind of like what you look like. Um, I think everybody, like, I don't know that I've seen any, like, extremely hot, you know. Mm. There have been a couple. But for the most part... They look like real people. And that's something that I really love about the show is that they're just Mm. like real people and they go to a different city every season. What is like the frame of mind of people going into this in the purest form, not in like the I want to be on a TV show form? Like what are what are people? Why are they like, okay, I'm just going to sort of take the plunge and I'm just uh, my only option left is to be set up with someone I just met. So I think it's different in the early seasons and the late seasons. In the early seasons, I think it's purely like dating has failed for me and I want to be married. They're all around the gauge and they're like in the, you know, community and all of their friends are getting 
married and they have FOMO about it. So they're just like ready to get married. And what age would you say that Lifetime thinks that that is? (laughs) Just out of curiosity. Um, The age range that I think that the the people are is anywhere from 25 at the super young range Uh up to like. 42? Okay, okay. I All mean, right. there is going to be something so bonding about even just being the type of person who would want to do this process. Like, you're both, it means there's something similar about where your priorities lie and, like, what you're sort of down for. So there's got to, there's some common ground already. But I could see how it's still. Like, I would totally do this if risk. I wasn't already like in a a situation tell us why I would completely do it I believe in the science and the math of it the thing is like the there's two types of people that'll do it the people that believe in the process and the experts and the like matchmaking and then this other super religious group of people who are like I believe in fate and I'm choosing that this process is a part of that and God's gonna match us together and I just think they would do it right i I look at the past like three seasons and there's an off chance that you'll get someone that there's no spark with, but I've been in relationships where I wasn't attracted to the person and that love grew overnight. So I believe in that. But then you you could get matched with a sociopath, which a lot of these have been. True. But you could also get matched with a sociopath just regularly. So you might as well. And I have been. Take a chance. (laughs) In season 10, there's this couple. It's the first season where Married at First Sight did five couples. They started with three, moved up to four. And in this one, they did five. And Zach and Mindy are this couple. And Mindy wanted so badly for this process to work and her parents and her family were not down with it they didn't show up to the wedding they didn't support her they didn't film and she was like it would it really breaks my heart and i just want to prove them wrong and she got matched up with a fucking asshole (sighs) like this guy was horrible to her and he was just like they never even I think they kissed once or something. He was like, this isn't roommates at first sight. I don't want to live with you. And he was a horrible asshole. And she was such a sweetheart. And I'm like, man, her parents are just like, told you so. And they're going to have that forever. He said this isn't roommates at first sight. Yes, because he didn't want to move in with her. Get the fuck out of here. I hate him already. No, it's called Married at First Sight, Zach. Get on board. You live together. (laughs) And she was awesome. She was a figure skater teacher. She looks. Whoa. Like, I, I just have to say we haven't commented yet on the fact that you created this really beautiful presentation deck of every season with all the pictures of every couple, some in wedding photos and some just posed together. And she I'm looking at the picture of her right now and she looks incredibly beautiful and he looks like a fatter version of Kenny who's on The Bachelor right now. Uh, oh wow. <laughs> he does yes. look like a fatter version of Kenny. That's so accurate. Is there one favorite scene or moment from the show that you can describe to us season 11 this most recent season there's a couple called henry and christina and they are a fucking dumpster fire of a couple christina is it is a diss she's the one that lied about where she lived she's awful she's an only child she's extremely narcissistic and henry is a genuinely cool 
sensitive guy that just got dealt a bad hand. And in the middle of their season, she, Christina, felt so insecure that he didn't like her that she made up a story that someone <gasps> texted her and some man texted her and told her that he was having a homosexual affair with Henry. <gasps> what? Yeah. And she told Henry that? And she told Henry that, and then Henry told the cameras, and then for the whole rest of it, it was just, like, her backpedaling about, like, I don't know, I did get this text, but she apparently deleted it right after she got it. Oh, my God, what a weird thing to do when you know that you're immediately going to get caught lying if he's just like, no, like... (laughs) He was like, please show me evidence. And she's like, well, I delete every text after 30 days. Nobody does that. Delete every text after 30 days? Also, why did you sit on that for 30 days? Right? Because it didn't happen. The second you get that text, you're like, I'm sorry. Are you having an affair with a guy? Right. (laughs) She made it up. And he was so gracious. And he wasn't homophobic about it. And he was just like, okay, if you have this evidence, please show it. She just couldn't handle that he didn't like her. That's the worst part, too, is that she was obviously also just, like, looking for a plot, especially if this girl just wanted to be on TV. But, like, teeing him up to try to set him for a trap where he would look homophobic is so shitty. Like, for him to have to deny it, but then also be like, be like, all right, like, pull a Seinfeld and be like, not that there's anything wrong with that, totally. but I'm not doing that. It's, like, even more vilifying to me for her. I hate her. She's sad. I hate her more than most people on this series, and I want that to Wow. Be. <laughs> wow. I fear that I might like convince my single friends to do it. I know like quite a few women in LA who've been single for a while who honestly might do this. <laughs> I think it, it works for a lot of people and they haven't done very much LA. There's a lot of like mid America stuff. If you want to watch and like get a rundown on how the show is now, I would say seasons eight through 11. Of which okay. 10, uh, I think 9 is available on Netflix, which is a really good one. But um, it's, I, I don't know. I'm kind of pro-modern arranged marriage. I think if you want to do that, it's a yeah, great system. Yeah, it seems like there's a good success rate in general. It's a You're really rolling the dice doing it on Lifetime and on camera. But also, you kind of get things paid for and everything's set up for free. They the weddings know. are nice. Yeah. Oh my God. That I didn't even think about that. That's such a great perk. Um, I was gonna say they should just do a season called um, "Funny Successful Women in Los Angeles." Who <laughs> 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 can't lock someone down for some reason? Maybe they're too funny. Maybe they're too successful, and you get guys that sign up because they're game for that. I feel like that's a great idea. That's, Let's go. Pitch they it will right never now. give exactly us that show. It. They'll never let us have it. No, <laughs> please. That's so genius. Uh, that's really funny. Um, Lori, do you have anything that you can plug? Anything that people could go watch? Um, sure. If you go to LoriMajors.com, there's plenty of fun uh, things to watch. I make a lot of <laughs> uh, fun little comedy videos and stuff. And my handle is at LoriMajors on everything. Amazing. Amazing, <laughs> Amazing Alyssa. <laughs> Yeah, my Twitter handle Lori. used to be Cum Dumpster, and I changed it recently. What? Oh, Why? I love that. I know. I feel, I should. I should have kept it right. I just had a moment of shame. 
No, I get mm. it. We almost named this pod named this podcast "Prostitution Whores," and at some <laughs> point, my brain was like, "If we want to monetize this, I don't know if that's the best thing to name it." <laughs> good call, good call. <laughs> there were a few good days though where we really thought, and I was happy about it. But then I was like, "Yeah, you, you can't, you can't do it long term." <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this you know very funny and i think super successful show that i now think i'm going to be watching a lot of yeah um and making your amazing pdf now all future guests are going to have to make these like amazing beautiful google drives that are color coded and as helpful as yours was setting the bar (laughs) thank you lori thank Thank you. you